Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. Welcome to today's episode. And first of all, I want to wish everyone a happy new year. And Tara, I'm sure you want to wish everyone a happy new year as well. I do, even um, though it's not really new year for us yet. But there we go. Oh, I'm giving... Okay. Uh, I was going to say, this is the first episode <laughs> of 2021. Then I was going to ask you, Tara, did you have a nice Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> Truth is, um, this is, if you're listening to this episode, it is the first of 2021. But actually, Tara and I are obviously recording this in advance. We're recording it on the approach to Christmas. So we're feeling very festive at the moment. Or well, I am. Tara's not so much. <laughs> bah humbug, yeah. Uh. <laughs> so today we are going to talk about our favourite art books our personal favorite art books um, but before we get on to that we want to say a huge thank you to our latest Kofi supporters they are Maureen Ballard, Susan Greco, Donna Holmes and Marcia Furman and we always really really do appreciate your support especially at this time of year because not only does it help us towards the cost of running Kick in the Creatives which helps us to keep doing what we do but it also shows that you like what we do so thank you so much and I know not everyone can support us on Kofi, but you can always just share an episode or leave us a review um, on the podcast all those things really help us um, so there's always that as well anyway we also want to thank everyone who's been sharing their work with us on social media um, I want to congratulate first of all Sue Watson she finished her kick 365 challenge so congratulations Sue anyone who's wondering what the kick 365 challenge is that is a challenge where you draw something every single day for a whole year so hats off to Sue yeah I mean Sue uh, did Ma- a self-portrait as well didn't she every, every yes. day yes Yes, she did. And actually, previously, Gabriella Pop had done that, hadn't she? And I think Gabriella Plop, Gabriella Plop, (laughs) I think Gabriella Pop is doing it again, basically, but with hands and feet. So (laughs) it's quite fun what people are doing. Um, Also, Maren Grossen, or Grossen, sorry if I've pronounced your name wrong. Um, She's done some really adorable festive sketches. Have you seen her sketches? She's created this kind of little character. I'm not quite sure what he is. He's like um, he's like just a big mop of black hair almost with little legs. I'm not it's, sure. Oh, it's so yeah. cute. He, and she's drawn him in all sorts of kind of festive situations. I'm loving those. I really am loving those. So, yeah, well done, Marin. I've been enjoying those a lot. And uh, also Adrian Sutherland. She's been doing Digital December. And she's been kind of... um almost looks like collage some of what she's done she did one called cheese mountain it's kind of this giant rat in this little scene and yeah it's really interesting what she's been up to it's been fun to watch what about you tara what's caught your eye um well i've really liked Mary mcsween's festive doodles i don't know if you saw those she'd done like a, a page of these christmas ones really really cute yeah. uh, and then Catherine c slater she's been in so many creative things i can't say but what caught my eye and, and it wasn't specific the creative challenges but she'd made these soaps and candles and oh i the, saw those the little boxes yeah. oh, they were just amazing yeah, yeah. 
lovely gift as well and it's a lovely way of being creative without necessarily drawing isn't it yeah i mean i'd have no patience for that but i'm totally envious of people who do it's the sort of thing you love to receive yeah and then i've got um esther arroyo and i've really liked her doodle she did some ones of flowers and trees and she did them in black and white but then the other day she she colored one up afterwards it looked really pretty so yeah that's that's what i've liked um but what is new with you well, I have just finished my wine bottle painting. Um, so I'm, I showed you that the other day, didn't you did, I? Yeah. So, and I've just not long put it on my Instagram if anyone's interested in, in seeing what I'm talking about. But I'll shortly be starting the final layer of another wine bottle painting. So I'm feeling quite productive, actually. Not, I don't normally have two paintings on the go at once. Um, and, and so this is quite nice because it means I've got one or well, just finished and then another one is kind of won't be long before that's finished. I'm hoping to do it before Christmas, which would be nice. Do you, do, you do them so you'll paint a bit? Will you work on one of them the same day? So while that, you're waiting for that to dry, you'll work on the other one? No, I, no. No, I I'll work on, I'll specifically concentrate on one for a day. And then usually I'll, because I work in layers. So usually I'll work on a whole layer over a day or at least a section of the painting, and then I'll wait until that layer's completely done before I then put that aside and do the next layer of the next painting and do it like right. that. And you need to tell everybody what your Instagram is, because if someone's looking for it, they might not know what your, your Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sandra.Busby, and that's Busby with an S. So, um, yeah, have a look if you're interested. And um, actually, it's been... Do you know what? It's been really good as well, because um, as an artist, a lot of artists find mixing greens really difficult and it's supposed to be quite a hard colour to work with and to mix and also there is nothing worse than a, the neck of a wine bottle <laughs> it's a challenge anyone so it's been quite good because it's it's given me all those challenges to work with and I've really enjoyed trying to tackle those and um, it's amazing the array of greens that you can get with very few colours actually so what do you use so, for your greens um, well, there's all sorts, but funny enough, very rarely would I use green from a tube. I mean, I have got a tube green, but I, I never use it as it is. I'll always add to it. So, and even the, like the dark greens, I'll often make, um, I'll often mix, uh, like a, a cadmium red with a, um, an ultramarine blue with a little bit of green in it or um a burnt sienna a burnt sienna sorry and uh yeah so it, it just depends there's all sorts of th- i mean i could go on you could, do you know what i mean you can just go on and on but it, it's quite interesting because even though these bottles are basically green the number of different hues in there is um yeah it's quite amazing it's quite amazing how many different colors you see in one object so yeah it's been exciting also i've got a um, commission in the pipeline and you know how much i love commissions (laughs) not (laughs) but to be honest i don't always take commissions you know that but um this is one i i'm pretty sure i'm going to enjoy doing so i'll hopefully be starting that at the end of january i'll only take them on if it's something that i um i'm very comfortable with because otherwise they're just stressful is this a big they? one or a small one? Yeah, it was quite big. Um, somebody liked the Coke bottles I did and they kind of looking for something similar and I thought, you know, I haven't done that 
for I haven't done anything like that for a while so yeah I might do that so um yes so that's and uh, do you know the reason I'm going to start at the end of January because at the moment there seems to be a shortage of canvases in this country that I like really? <laughs> and they're not getting them in until like the end of January yeah I think there's quite a few yeah I think there's quite a few things at the moment that we're struggling to get I don't know whether it's because of possibly Brexit as well as Covid oh, I mean <laughs> You can't get a more complicated year, really. <laughs> it could be anything. But, um, yeah, apparently it should be coming in then, so I can start it then. What about you? What is new with you? Um, I don't know if it's new, but I've been carrying on with the December doodling from our challenge. I can never remember what we called the challenge. I think it's doodling December, isn't it? Yes. Um, so I'm just sitting in the evening with a sketchbook on my lap, and I draw a sort of circular or an oval or some sort of weird shape and then I make it into a face of a person or a character. And I am really loving that. I think, do you know what? I did them last night and yesterday and I've been really pleased and then they seem to be going wrong now. So I don't know why. <laughs> it's really weird, isn't it, how things work like that? So, yeah, that that's really fun. And I, I'm feeling the real pull to experiment again. I know I, I did all that big experiment, find your art style experiment, and I'm still really happy with the style that I got from that but I'm feeling the need I felt like I started to paint faces well I don't call it drawing or painting we use uh, pastel but I started painting faces and I didn't like what I was producing every face just I just looked at it I don't like it I do another one I don't like it so I, I felt like I needed to go and do something slightly different for a bit before I can go back to them Maybe you're blind to do them yeah. after a while because you've been doing them for so so long and maybe you, you're just, you're not getting that same level of excitement anymore and that's probably all it is. Yeah, and I'm feeling like I'm looking back at my older work and I much prefer it to the, the new ones that I was trying to do. So yeah, I just think I need to refresh it a little bit and go back. And maybe even when I'm doing the doodles and stuff, I'll, I'll discover something new that I can add in a new element to it maybe. So when you do your, your doodles, yeah. do you um, do them directly in your book and then that's the finished result? Or do you then, because I, I think I've heard you in the past mention that you will then trace them again and then refine them. Do you do that with your doodles or you just leave no, them as that's, they are? The, the doodles I do in my book like that are just, yeah. that's it. But then I will take some of them if I want to work them up in colour, say for yeah. example. And um, just lately I've been sort of, Tra it's not so much tracing them off I guess I scan them in then make them the size I want them and then put carbon on the back you know like scribble over with pencil or charcoal yeah and then uh, trace them off onto you know a better quality paper like a mixed yeah. media board or a paper and then and then use them as a basis for, uh, for a painting that works yeah. quite well the only, the only problem I have with that is you're repeating yourself aren't you so you never quite get the spontaneity that you got when you did the initial thing. No. And sometimes it's that that makes the drawing, isn't yeah. it? It's the scribbly lines and, yeah. So it's, <laughs> it, it is hard to kind of retain that. But what I've been doing, like, um, this weekend I did a few uh, paintings that I'm putting up gradually. Well, I did two, actually. And then some doodles that I've been putting up on Instagram, which is just Tara Roskell, if you want to have a look. Um, but I've just been experimenting with wet on wet with a neocolour, just because that forces me to be really loose and even if they don't end up becoming the finished thing I want to do for good it's just I just need to loosen up and kind of it, you get that for me I get that if I'm doing wet and wet and don't know what I'm doing I get much more of a rush from it 
yeah, it's that excitement, isn't it? Yeah. What's what's going to happen? Yeah. I'm much. I'm complete opposite. I like to be in control and know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's weird, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So do you get the rush from knowing that you're in control? What do you get the rush um, from? I get the rush from seeing something develop and turn into the image that was in my head. Right. So getting that onto a canvas and seeing it emerge. Right. I I say a rush. I, I don't know about a rush, but I, I just that's that's what the satisfaction I get is and sometimes seeing it become something you know, even more than I'd hoped. Yeah. I, I think for me it's I also want that sp- speed. <laughs> it sounds weird. But I like mm. drawing fast. And yeah. when I do the faces that I still really like, you know, I did in the Find Your Art Style experiment, I can't yeah. do those fast. There's no. a, and they're not like anything like your oil paints or anything, but I can sit there for a good two hours and do those. Um, and it's very much more of a methodical thing, as in a colouring in kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if I, I love sketching fast. That's what yeah. I love doing. You, I love is, sketching yeah. fast. I don't get the same thrill from just drawing a neat little drawing in my sketchbook at all. That's probably why I get the rush from... It's the same sort of thing, you know, from mm. doing the loose colour ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I suppose we'd better go on today's episode, really. Um, yeah. Because we're going to talk about our own personal favourite art books. And not just tutorial books, but other inspirational books too. And there are lots of obvious ones that we could talk about, but we want to keep this episode... A reasonable length of time. Um, I mean, obviously, there's the Danny Gregory's and the Austin Cleons, but I'm sure anyone listening to this episode will have definitely heard of all of those and probably have them on your bookshelf. So we're going to talk about some of the less obvious ones. Um, but we're going to start with tutorial books. And I want to start with a book called... And actually, this, this book, I say um, the less obvious ones, I think probably a lot of people would have heard of this, but it's called Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain. Um, and it's by a lady called Betty Edwards. And a lot of our quick kick challenges are based around this same principle of waking up the right side or the creative side of your brain and teaching you to see and observe like an artist. So to remove those labels and assumptions you might make when approaching a drawing. And you can get a workbook as well to go alongside the main book where there are kind of blank pages for all these different exercises, anything from drawing upside down to drawing negative space, things like that. But before she teaches you anything, what's great is that she gets you to um, do a self-portrait using a mirror in the first page of this book. And the reason she does that is it gives you a kind of starting point, a gauge of where you're at when you start. And once you've completed all of the exercises in the book, then you do another self-portrait and then you can see how much you've improved since you've been doing the exercises. So if you're looking for a book you know, full of hands-on exercises, and I definitely recommend that one. Um, I think sometimes the simple way of teaching is the best, just doing those little um, exercises. Like, I think on one of the pages she's got this image. It's like a pen drawing of a man sitting in a, a chair, and what you have to do is, on I think on the next page, it's the same image is upside down, and you have to then draw that image and copy it from the upside down version and and what that is telling your brain is that it's not a person sitting in a chair it's not even an upside down person sitting in a chair it's that curve and that line and that angle and that's how you have to treat any drawing is 
shapes and angles. It's not, oh, there's the neck of that bottle or there's the beak of that bird. You've got to treat it as shapes and um, and curves and lines. And that's that's a really huge tip when you're drawing anything and this book is full of them it's really really good have you got it or have you heard of it I have got it I think I've never actually done any exercise of it but I've looked through it did you do the portrait exercise yeah when I got it years ago and I did that and uh yeah it was incredible actually just how much even you know I think it was probably over a couple of months that I did the exercises because I really enjoyed it and yeah it's, it you definitely improve yeah you definitely improve yeah now, I bought it just to see what all the fuss was about <laughs> more than yeah. anything else <laughs> it's funny because I've, I've bought another book to see what all the fuss was about which was called The Artist's Way is it The Artist's Way oh uh, yes I've got and that people, as well yeah and so many people swear by that book and love it but I didn't really I didn't really get on with it no I didn't either no, I must admit no. I, yeah. I think it's because that book, The Artist Way, you just mentioned that loads of people mm. have heard about, it's very much about her telling you to go out and do things, like, you know, make a day out almost, isn't it? And stuff like that. And I don't like date, being a told... A date with your inner, inner yeah. artist. <laughs> and I don't like being told what to do. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. That yeah. didn't work for me, you know. <laughs> so anyway, shall I tell you my first one? And yes. I've actually got all my books sitting here. I've got this pile of books. So I thought, oh, if, I, if, if you ask me a question, I don't know the answer. I can flick through them. So um, this one is Sketching People, an Urban Sketcher's Guide to Drawing Figures and Faces. And it's by Lynn Chapman. And we've actually had Lynn on the podcast. So if you check out episode 45, if you're interested in this book, you can hear her talking about this and about urban sketching. Uh, and although this book's a tutorial book, I wouldn't say this one's a step-by-step guide. You've got this as well, haven't you? I have, yeah. So it's more of a book of inspiration and tips. But, but for me, it's more eye candy. And I must admit, I, I use it in that way. But I like the fact that she's included her own drawings in this book, but she's also included the work of other artists. And it's not just about creating these perfectly executed drawings. She shows stuff that's just about capturing the mood, capturing movement. And and that's what I like because I don't like, you know, I like the look of them, architectural looking drawings, but I don't want to be able to draw that way. And she she covers things. So she does go into like how to draw eyes and ears and hands. But I definitely like this thing with the different approaches where she covers different mediums and she shows how you can use blind contours, how you can paint before you draw. And there's much more sort of techniques that help you inject life into your drawing that make it more interesting I mean I must admit I have this tendency I think as you do as well that when we go urban sketching that'd be a chance to be a fine thing wouldn't it yeah um, <laughs> that I tend to maybe 2021 st- <laughs> yeah, I tend to stick to black and white yeah and looking at her book really makes me want to do more color yeah because it is so much that book is so much about color and different ways she applies it she does some amazing things with um Oh, I forgot what the crayons are called. Oh, ink tents. Oh, yeah. You yes. tried this, didn't you? And how yeah. she, she cross hatches uh, ink tents pencils, which are like water soluble um, mm. water soluble pencils, I, I guess you call them. Yeah, they are, yeah. Um, yeah, so she sort of cross hatches them and uses unusual colours, but she gets really lovely effects with that. 
Yeah, I remember actually being quite inspired by those drawings. And when we went out to London, I think I sketched a man using the same sort of yeah. techniques and the intense pen intense pencils and it was I really enjoyed that I love there's a particular page in that book if I can remember I haven't got any of these in front of me I wasn't quite <laughs> as um, savvy as that <laughs> but um yeah she I think there's a page if I can remember rightly in that book where she lays out all of the materials she uses and I'm always fascinated to know what pen does that person use what pencil what you know what mediums I love all that and I think she is another one who uses the um the wristband the sports yeah, wristband to wipe her brushes on so um we nicked that tip didn't we yeah but i think that that is what i what i want personally from a tutorial book i don't want step by step necessarily no i want something that inspires me to try something different yes and, and different sense. styles yeah and she doesn't do everything in the same style. Well, it probably is the same style, but maybe because she uses different mediums, it comes. It seems d different to look at. Yeah, there's a variety, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I agree with you there. Um, a book I really love is um, called Dare to Sketch by Felix Scheinberger. Have you ever heard of that one? Yeah, I've got this one as well. Oh, yes, I think I told yeah. you about it, didn't I? And I think we made a video it. about it. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I've forgotten about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, on that note... I'm going off topic a little bit here. We made a little video um, yesterday, didn't we? Was it yesterday or the day before uh, for Christmas to say thank you to everybody who supports us and listens to us? And Do you know what I've noticed? What? I, I cannot keep still. <laughs> when I look at you and me, you, you sit there really still and calm. And I literally <laughs> look like I've got ants in my pants. <laughs> watching this must think i'm on drugs or something <laughs> i just can't stop moving is it a nervous so next, twitch yeah next time i make a video i'm going to be conscious not to move <laughs> you're, you're probably animated though that's probably what people want and i'm probably i, just... I probably am a bit over animated really I'll probably bar humbug and sitting there going oh she's made me do this video <laughs> <laughs> anyway back to this book yeah. so yeah dare to sketch by felix scheinberger and um, do you know, it's great for any level of artist. It's one of those books that you can look at and you think, I could do that. But at the same time, the sketches inside are brilliantly quirky. But as well as being packed with sketches, it's also full of practical tips and encouragement. So it's a great addition to any bookshelf. It kind of reminds me of the, the book by um, Lewis Rosignol, which we both bought recently. And it's kind of that sim similar thing where... Um, well, I know we're going to talk about that book a bit later on, but it's like how he does his faces and how he does his people. There's nothing realistic about it at all, but you, you're just drawn to them somehow. They've got sort of splashes of colour here and there, and some of them have just... You might have a face with a bright red nose for whatever reason, but the rest of it's black and white. And I don't, I don't know. It's You'd have to look at it to see what I mean but it's not intimidating it's one of those books that's not remotely intimidating which I really love yeah it's definitely not a book if you want something traditional like traditional sketching is it so if you no. want to do something so you look at something and create a, a you know lovely sketch of something in front of you that's that's not the book for you this is if you want to be a little bit more quirky add yeah. more character I think to it as well isn't it yeah definitely and not be precious no uh, and a similar one, uh, if you've have you finished on that one? Yeah. 
Yeah, I've I've got um, watercolour sketching by Felix Scheinberger, which you also have as well. Because I know, I think one of us bought one and then we both decided to buy the other, didn't we? On these. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this, again, is this is a book if you want to paint in watercolour when you're outside, but if you don't want to paint traditionally. So if you want to paint a gorgeous little cottage really, really neatly, this is not the book for you. This is for someone who wants to paint really expressively and quirkily in a much more sort of contemporary style. I mean, I've shown my partner, <laughs> Kevin, some of his drawings and he looks at them and he just grimaces <laughs> because, because they are not traditional. They are not, although, although he likes um, stuff that's not traditional, they're, they're much more, it's that quirkiness, isn't it? It's, yeah. you see a face and the face is completely distorted um and it's got I like a naive quality in a way yeah it is a very much sort of childlike naiveness although you can see how good he is as well and I think I remember reading and I don't know if it's in Dare to Sketch or the Urban Watercolour Sketching one he talks about using blind or semi-blind contour drawings yeah and I think if you look at that book you can definitely see that he's used that or taken the influence from inf- influence Influence. influence that's in- a new one influence oh, it's quite nice that, isn't it uh, <laughs> influence from from doing those sort of drawings into into his sort of style um mm. and again i think like lynn chapman's book this is not a step-by-step art book so don't expect to find a you know step one step two to get to the end thing this is much more a book of tips and inspiration and ideas i'd say well, I know that there are some people that like, they prefer a step-by-step guide and they like something more traditional. And this one perhaps is one for them. And it's called Sketching from Square One to Trafalgar Square by Richard E. Scott. And I'm pretty sure this is one you haven't got, Tara. But no. um, it is a really, really good book that teaches you how to approach sketching outdoors from life and it shows you how to take something really really complex like a street scene or a very complicated building and simplify it using shapes and tones but what I really like about it is uh, rather than try and explain what he means because I'm one of these people that if I read something it's, it's it sort of goes straight through one ear <laughs> one, one, one ear and out the other but when somebody shows you it it's much clearer isn't it and he he shows you by using photographs so for instance there's a section on seeing tones and patterns and it's all very well describing that isn't it but what he does is he shows a clear photograph of a scene that he wants to draw an outdoor scene and then he uses he talks about squinting and he uses the same photo again, but this time it's sort of all blurry and out of focus. It's almost like you've put Vaseline over some glasses, you know, to blur it out. And then what he then does is he shows how he would use that blurry image to translate it to a sketch, which is a really clever way of teaching because you suddenly you're not really seeing this crystal clear, detailed building anymore. You're just seeing these dark shadows and lighter shadows and sort of shapes so um it's a very good book i would highly recommend it do you know that's something i find really frustrating about some books that you'll get something and they'll just tell you something it drives me absolutely nuts because i don't i don't want a step-by-step i say i know people some people do but i want to understand like like that i want to see what you're talking about 
Yeah, and and he he's really got a very good way of doing that. Yeah. Say he'll he'll, you know, instead of saying squint and make everything blurred, he shows you what yeah. happens when you squint. Um, it's really really good. And what he does is he he starts with a simple square box and takes you from drawing that to something as detailed as Trafalgar Square. So did you get that one when you were first starting out drawing again as well? Yeah, I got that a few years, quite a long time ago now, several years ago, and it was it was the first book I'd read on sketching that made sense. Yeah. You did know? you actually do those exercises as well? Um, I didn't. I must admit, I probably didn't do the exercises, but I took the knowledge I gained from the book. Yeah. And it's in my in my head, and when I go out and sketch things, you know, it's one of those things that's stuck. So you put Vaseline over your glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you know, there are artists that do that. Really? They have, yeah, they they do. They put glass. Oh, let's do it. Let's when we finally <laughs> get to London, let's go out with Vaseline over glasses. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. If, um, I know we have a lot of Americans who listen to us, and I don't know if you know what Vaseline is. Basically, it's petroleum jelly. And there are artists that I've heard of that, um, I presume it's because they don't want crow's feet. <laughs> but they smear the Vaseline over their glasses so that they, they can squint. I don't know if I might have seen that once on that programme. Um, Portrait Artist of the Year, maybe. Oh, right. Or it might okay. have been, or oh, there's a Landscape Artist of the Year. I think I've seen one of the contestants do it where they've smeared this Vaseline Oh, let's do there. it. Let's do it next time <laughs> yeah. we go. Yeah. Good, good idea, really. Yeah. Right, I've got um, Jean Haynes' Atmospheric Watercolours. Now, years ago, well, not years ago, but like a year or two ago, I, it was one of our challenges, and I can't remember if it was the Faces one or the Aqua January one, but it was a water... I did decide I was going to do draw faces or paint faces in watercolour but I wanted to do it in a quite a modern way and I didn't want to draw them first so I didn't want to do this detailed drawing put layers on and I I'd I'd seen these lovely loose watercolours and people were doing them in our group as well and so I said are there any good books you know on watercolours non-traditional watercolours and someone and I can't remember who it was suggested this Jean Haynes atmospheric watercolours book and what it is is she paints these gorgeous kind of wet in wet look watercolours so the whole edges of the painting will just be muted and melting into one each other and then in the middle a kind of subject will appear a little bit sharper um and for someone who does like step-by-step tutorials this has definitely got that it's got so you can practice an exercise to paint a tulip for example or an exercise to to do something else step one step two but I really used it just to read about her technique and then try it out on these faces that I were doing. And I really found that it helped. It, it was it was good. And you actually went to a workshop, didn't you, by her? I did. I did. I went to a Jean Haynes workshop a few years ago. Um, and, I mean, I love her work. I really do. She does things like roosters, doesn't she? she does yeah, they're brilliant. And, and what you've got is this really... Um, the focus is all on the eye. It's Vaseline. She's got Vaseline on her glasses, <laughs> hasn't she? Yeah. And then, and the, like the feathers around the eye. And then, yeah, as you say, it, it's so clear what it is. But at the same time, it kind of melts away. And it's incredible. It's really good. I love her stuff. And But, of course, you know, as with any workshop, it's always important to try and find a workshop that, you, that suits your style. But I don't really know if I had a style at that stage. I was still searching for it. I was still searching for the right medium for me. 
and if you, anyone who who knows my paintings will realize that that actually wasn't the right workshop for me she's a great teacher and um and I love her stuff but it wasn't right for me because everything is so so loose and watercolor and and of course I'm a an oil painter and I sort of tend to lean towards realism a little bit more so um, do you know what it, I'm thinking if if you went to that now I think you would like it would suit yes. you a bit more I, I don't mean you're would. not watercolors but for sketching like for urban water yeah. sketching it would be perfect wouldn't it oh I'm sure if I did another one again I would it would I I suppose it would be more valuable to me now yeah I think it's because I'd already I was looking for what suited me back then now I know yeah so there's no I haven't got any questions in my head of who I am as an artist, but I think I'd have more fun with it now. Yeah, I, I did do then. Too. But yes, yeah. I, I'm sure I've got. Um, sure, I, in fact, I know I've got one of her books somewhere. And yeah, I love it. I love looking at her books. But and she does go step by step, doesn't she? As mm, well, yeah. if you like that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, she does. Um, oh, it's me, isn't it? it is. <laughs> so this is a great book for any painter who struggles with composition. And it might be that you love what you painted, but there's something just not quite right about it. You can't put your finger on it. And the book is called The Simple Secret to Better Painting. And it's by a guy called Greg Albert. Have you ever heard of that? No, but this book sounds like it could be good for me because I always struggle with composition. I find it really, I found it very, very useful when I read it. Really, really did. And and it talks about how to use tonal patterns uh, colour balance, the rule of thirds, leading the eye and just, just how to make an image more interesting and what I love about it is it's full of examples of compositions that are troubling and how he changes one or two things about that comp composition which completely transforms the image into something that's really pleasing to the eye so it's a really interesting book again it's another one with examples so he's not just saying oh you know this this painting works because and that painting works because of this he'll, he'll do it with photographs again you know he'll photograph something and he'll say you know there's something wrong here um and he'll tell you and he'll basically just shift something and suddenly it's it's right and it works and it it's very very good book i can't really explain it's well like i think you anything. have explained just just by what you've said there how I mean, that already, already makes me interested in it. And would it work, say, for example, because this says better painting, would this work if you were just someone who wanted to sketch, like you want to grow urban sketching, say, for example? This is probably more for finished pieces that, <clears throat> you, you know, say, for instance, if I'll give an example, my the bottles I've just painted. Yeah. It'd be very easy, wouldn't it, to just paint three bottles in a row, um, but you might put the tall one in the middle and the shorter one either side. Well, that really probably wouldn't work. It's too symmetrical. Um, it starts off with simple, basic things like that, that you might, you know, you, you don't want anything going on in the very middle of the canvas. You you don't, you, you kind of want your eye leading into the painting somehow, and it kind of shows you how to do that. I suppose it, you can take what you learn from it into sketching but this is more about creating compositionally pleasing paintings right but if you learn about composition you're going to take that out with you anyway and yeah. the trouble is with urban sketching i think the thing about urban sketching is it's less about com it has to be less about composition 
to a degree, doesn't it? Because you're just trying to get something down quickly, aren't you? Yeah, although you can, you decide what you leave in, you leave out. So yes. say you were drawing a, st- a street or something, yeah. you can decide that you're going to include that person that's standing over, you know, on the left yeah. or, or not. Yeah, and, and you don't want a, a lamppost right yeah. in the centre of the painting, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's always going to be valuable. This kind of thing is going to be valuable for anything, whether you're sketching or not. But certainly for a painter, it gives you all of the things you need to be looking at before you even put a brush to the canvas. It's really good. Do you think this is more as well for still life or for any type of painting? Oh, it can be for anything. It can be for any type of painting, yeah. The rules are the same. Works, obviously, I'm, I'm a still life painter and... You know, and and actually the book, I think generally a lot of the, the pages are still life, but it, those same rules apply no matter what you're, you're painting. Yeah, I guess it's much easier to demonstrate with still life, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. Right, shall we move on to some fun books? Yeah. Okay, so I've got the first one, and that is 52 Exercises to Make Drawing Fun by Carla Sonheim. And I think this is really for someone who can't think what to draw and wants to break free from just copying photos or copying things in front of them. So this book is a series of exercises to help you experiment with your art. It's not for creating perfect bits of art. It's for more for fun. And I guess how, you know, we've spoken before about doing blind contours and, and things like that. This yeah. is almost an extension of that. So, for example... You've got an exercise where you draw a face with an eyedropper and ink. Now, you would hate that, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but, I, but the idea, whole idea there is that you, you lose some of your control and it, it forces you to be quite broad and you get unexpected results. And I think that is part of it, the being prepared to take those unexpected results. You can, I mean, you can clean up your unexpected results afterwards or take them and use them in some way. But the whole idea is to, you know, get you experimenting. There's a, another exercise where you draw Picasso-style dogs. Uh, another one where you turn paint blots into animals. I mean, I can imagine these exercises would also be really good if you've got kids. Yeah. Because I should think kids would love to do these sort of exercises with you but you don't have to be a kid because I've got it and I haven't well, you, got kids you, you're basically a child inside though yeah, aren't you? <laughs> let's, but, let's be honest <laughs> but I haven't got it because I I literally take the exact exercise that she does but for example I have drawn with a a ink block dropper thingy I've yeah. drawn faces, but not the sort of faces she does. I've drawn more complicated faces. So mm. I think it's one of those books that you could look at and and take a bit of inspiration from. It's a bit like when you do your art foundation at college. If anybody's, if you know any of you have done that, it's it's taking a lot of different crazy exercises and and then seeing what you could take from them. Oh, that sounds really good. I haven't got that book. Um, one book you actually introduced me to. Well, that's actually the, not the book. The the guy, uh, John Bergerman, you introduced me to him, didn't you? Yeah, we've had him on we the actually, podcast. Yeah, we actually interviewed him on our podcast. Um, and following that interview, I bought his book, which is called It's Great to Create. And, oh, that is such a fun, brightly coloured... It's, like, um, it's like looking at candy in a candy store, looking at this book. It's so colourful and just packed with creative exercises and if you've got kids like you say it would be such a good way to share the fun with them and it kind of takes you back to being a child and doing really silly things 
and I would say it's far less about doing um, any drawing and far more about just being creative and thinking in a creative way. So, for example, in this book, he'll do things like um, he'll take a photograph of someone deliberately in a position where it looks as though a plant is growing out of their ears or he'll mess around with cereal boxes in his cupboard and make them look like characters by um, adding teeth and googly eyes and you know and his little baked bean cans he'll perhaps put mini googly eyes on one of the baked beans and a little smile and it's just so much fun he'll draw a silly face on a banana or stick googly eyes on a litter bin it's really childish fun but Oh, I found it really inspiring when I read it. I loved it. It will, it will literally bring the child out in you. And honestly, if I had children that were young now at home, I would be putting googly eyes on my cereal boxes. <laughs> well, you do weird stuff anyway, don't you? Let, let's face it. Weird you put stuff. Googly, googly eyes on dog hair. So. Oh, I love googly eyes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. no, but that is, you've got that book as well, haven't you? I don't think I've got that one. I've got I've got oh, one of so these fun. books which I was going to make my list, but I thought I've talked about him too much in the past. <laughs> I've got <laughs> I've got one. He's your his, art crush, wasn't he, John yeah, Bergman? He, <laughs> I've got his, his book that's full of doodles, which I, yeah. I really like, and it's got a poster in it. So and, yeah, and you've got you've got John Bergman pants. Don't forget. Oh yes, I've got lovely um, non-official, but approved by John Bergman I could wear in a video I made I made I made Tara I had Tara made a pair of knickers with John Bergman's pizza on the front or was it the front or the back and it says just do just doodle or something I can't remember You you made me wear them over my trousers for a video well, no, I was just going to say you should wear them, not wear them over trousers, but you insisted oh, yeah, over trousers. Yeah, you look not, like Superman. Yeah. <laughs> that was so fun. No, honestly, anyone who just wants to escape and think, you know, let's have a bit of fun, that's the one. But as I say, if you want to learn to draw, it's not the book for you. <laughs> no, it'd be quite a good fun thing to do at Christmas if you've had a few drinks probably as well. That oh, one. yes. Yes. Although, when's no, that's too late because this is going out after. Oh, well, it'll be quite good on to do in the new year or next Christmas. Yay! <laughs> so, Hopefully, we'll all be allowed out by then. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I've got Making Comics by Linda Barry. And again, I think this would be another one that would be great for, for doing with kids or, or also just doing with family for a laugh, really. Um, and it's a book that can make anyone feel like they can draw or at least have a go at drawing. It, mm. you don't it's not serious it's something that you do without being concerned about the results so me and my partner we tried some of the exercises a little while ago and he absolutely hates drawing so I made him do this so you get exercises like in three minutes draw an astronaut in space so, <laughs> so it's uh, almost like pictionary in a way where you're yeah but it's in like, a position where you've got to draw something really fast so you have no idea how to to get that no, onto paper. She, she says like put a music track on or something and then you do it. and then draw a what was the other one draw a vegetable and turn it into a monster and I think the whole idea of this is if you are scared to draw or haven't drawn for years then if you do these exercises you're not expecting perfection you know it's just a bit of fun but the idea is you loosen up you're actually starting to draw and then you might find that it's a way in to actually doing some proper drawing and I think she's even said herself that she was never really that great of drawing but she's made a massive career out of what she does and it's really the drawing she does are really quirky 
but you would never say, oh my God, she's the mo- most the best drawer in the world, would you? No, I've got one of her books. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called What It Is. Yeah. Have you heard of that one? Yeah, I think I've heard of it. I haven't got that one. Yeah, no, I, I bought it. And it's one of those books where I looked at it and I thought, I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. And it's really funny because the title is What It Is. It's not yeah. even What Is It, I don't think. I think it is What It Is. Yeah, they're and, quite bizarre, aren't they, the books? Yeah, and it is, it's really... It's just the strangest book I think I've got on my shelf, but one that I like because it is strange. Yeah, I mean, anyone this... who's anyone who is creative with vegetables gets my vote. <laughs> well, <laughs> this book apparently she does a university course, and it's this book, the one the making comic comic well, making comics, is based on the university course. And apparently, the university courses are really full. I guess because it's a complete release. From doing mm. all, all that stuff. And she's supposed to make people do really bizarre things. Like she gives them all a name at the beginning right. of the year. So they all have quirky names. The people all have quirky names. And then they'll answer to that name. They know each other as this weird name. So people may never ever know their real names. It just sounds oh, completely so bonkers. Funny. Yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, should we have to think of a name for each other. I could think of a few good ones for you. Come on then. <laughs> no. Oh no, don't. you They're probably not can't them. No. <laughs> okay, let's move on to inspirational books. Um, so these are books that don't necessarily teach, but are full of inspirational art. And I know Tara, you've got more than I have. So what? What's? What's your list? My list. Well, the, I think these are some of my all-time favourites, and I might have talked about these before. But I've got Street Sketchbook. These are two books and Street Sketchbook Journeys, both by Tristan Manko. And oh, I just love these books. Did you buy one of these? No, do you know? I've never heard of either. Oh, I've mentioned them before. But basically, if you like street art, you know, graffiti, but but good yeah. graffiti, I don't mean, you know, when someone's scrawled their name or somebody loves somebody, you know sort of stuff you do when you're mucking about when you're out <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> this, this is not toilet wall stuff this is really good stuff um and it shows the street sketchbook one especially shows the artists who do this street art but shows like it says their sketchbooks and some of the work is just amazing but it's it's that sort of work that you look at it and you think oh, I could take the idea from that and I, how could I introduce that into my own work? Not as in a copy thing, but, oh, I love the grunginess of that or I love the way they've drawn that character. How could I take inspiration from that? And then the other one, the street sketchbook journeys, that's more of here's a sketch and here, here's how it ends up being the final piece of street art. Loving Does that it. make sense? Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's not that I'm a big graffiti fan as such i just love i just love that they're so inspirational these books it's it's like it's like an artist on steroids almost you know like it's so experimental it's so different yeah and there's there's graffiti and there's graffiti i hate it when i'm on a train and i go into london and you've got that typical so and so was here yeah. <laughs> and like people just putting swear words on a wall it's like oh for goodness sake you know what i mean but then they you get the other kind of um graffiti which is just so uh amazing interesting to look at and yeah. you just think actually no that's 
that should be legal. <laughs> yeah. But not, and yeah, some of the other stuff, obviously not. And, and the next one, the next one you've mentioned, I've not heard of this one either. Well, I'm going to pronounce this completely wrong. Basque, and it, the book's by the Brooklyn Museum. And I think his name is it, oh, I'm going to forget his name now. Jean, can't remember. I can't remember. I'm grabbing my book. I know I won't be able well, to remember. Well, but while you're grabbing your book, let me spell yeah. that. It's B A S Q U I A T. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to find his full name now. It's. Well, you just put Brooklyn Museum. No, I that's, presumed that's, it was who just... pub- that's who publishes the book. Oh, the, I the see. The guy is dead. Um, oh. Uh, oh, I'm going to look so ignorant now when we get the. <laughs> oh, people, people are used to that, aren't they? Anyway, it's Basque. Just cut that bit out, I just said. <laughs> Make me look knowledgeable. Right. Anyway. This That's is, staying in. That's got to uh, stay in. <laughs> this, this is completely naive paintings. Um, a bit how, you know, we've said about um, Felix Scheinberger. Yeah. And, and Louis Rosignol. This is kind of like that, even more naive, I would say. And I believe he, I think, I don't know if he was a street artist as well, but his work, it to me, it just looks like someone's done really naive journaling, you know, like right. art journaling. Yeah. So there's like bits of text and bits of colour and maybe a really primitive looking face. But he... It brings that together in a painting, and I just love it. And it's another one that I show my partner, and I say, "Oh, what do you think to this?" And he'll just grimace, like, "Oh my god," you know that sort of <laughs> that sort of yeah. thing. So it's one way you've got to appreciate yeah. really naive painting. I mean, there's ones I don't like as well, but I, I think more it's the grunginess. I think I love mm. especially. I, I think I have to think about grunge. Well, that's why we like Louis Rosignol, yeah, isn't it? It is. Um, and we, I would say we actually he, interviewed him, didn't we, quite recently? Yeah, he's definitely must have taken influence, I would imagine, from Basque. Yeah, yeah. Well, he wrote a book called Remedial Sketches, and we both bought that book, and um, and that's another book again, which is is seems really naive. It's not at all intimidating, but it shows how he uses creative thinking in his sketches to create something really intriguing and, and kind of makes you want to know more. And it's almost like having a little look into his brain. You know, he'll he'll do things like. He'll take perhaps an old sepia photograph of someone and then he'll stick it in his book and then draw freakishly long legs in fishnet tights coming out of the bottom of it or something bonkers like that. But some of it's kind of almost laid out like a journal, isn't it? And he kind of uses a lot of text, but you can't always, you can't actually always even read the text, but somehow it kind of makes it even more interesting because you're really confused by it and, and it's making you ask questions. So he's got a wild sketching style, that's for sure. Yeah, I love it. Have you shown Paul that book? No, and I haven't because I think he would have the same reaction as Kevin. <laughs> yeah, it's quite strange, isn't it? How mm. How different people appreciate different things. And I definitely think that it's the more you do art the more you appreciate some things that you wouldn't have done before. Do you think yeah. that when you are a practising artist, you appreciate that kind of thing more because you understand it more? Whereas if you're not an artist and you can't, or you've never really tried drawing, you look at that and think, oh, anyone can do that. Yeah, I think so. Because I think yeah. you don't you don't see how well he can balance things, you know, 
he's got a real sense of composition and and you can see that he can really draw he he can do some amazing drawings I mean, that's the difference isn't it there are certain people out there who who made to do this kind of style but there's no question if they wanted to draw well they really could yeah if they wanted to draw in a very traditional style I mean I saw something on his Instagram where he posted I think it was a picture of a cat and he'd drawn it I think it was a few years ago and he'd drawn it totally detailed and it was amazing but he just said how he finds doing that type of drawing really boring yeah and I get it as well yeah. because I would find doing a highly detailed drawing like that really boring but yeah I'd find the way he draws much more interesting. Mm. Oh, it's my turn. It is. Sorry. Wakey-wakey. Uh, um, yeah, I've got one. I love this book. This book is called A World of Artist Journal Pages, and it's curated by Dawn Devries Sokol. And I bought this book. I actually looked when I back when I bought this book, and it was in January. So I think I was probably inspired by our Art Journal January Challenge. Oh, and this yeah. is a total eye candy book. Um, it's a sneak peek into the sketchbooks of a load of different artists. And if you want to experiment with your work and, you know, want to try layering on collage and mixed media and ideas of backgrounds and characters and colour and everything, this is the book for you. It's not one that's not a step-by-step -step at all. It's just like, it's almost like going to a gallery and looking at people's sketchbooks. It's just got so many different sort of ideas and styles and I can always tell if I really like a book because it's got loads of post-it notes sticking out the top. I don't know if you're oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. And this one's got tons of them. I absolutely love it. I've not heard of that one. That might be one I have to invest in. Yeah. I, I can imagine everyone's thinking, oh, God, this is going to cost me so much money, this <laughs> podcast yeah. episode. That's a trouble, isn't it? Just just buy one every few months. Yeah. Or borrow it from the put, library. Put them on a wish list. Borrow it from the library. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and you can get them digitally now as well. So, uh, And then I've got some more. So you're going to think this one's really weird. I've got one called Dot Dot Dash Designer Toys, Action Figures and Character Art. <laughs> now, I know that sounds weird. No, it, just not, sounds, it just sounds you. I'm not at all into designer toys or action figures. <laughs> but <laughs> for that matter, apart from obviously... Oh, do you know what I, I always wanted? I think I might have said this on the podcast before. I always wanted Stretch Armstrong. <gasps> I love Stretch Armstrong. I never got one. Well, never. I had a um, I had two kids, and one of them being a boy, I'm pretty sure he had a Stretch Armstrong. Oh, I so wanted one. Anyway, maybe I'll get one this year for Christmas. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, we're, we're pretending it's New Year. Maybe I got <laughs> one this year. Right, <laughs> let me go on. Um, so if you're into character art or you like, you know, you like designing characters or adding little characters into your art, this is a great one for inspiration. It's a massive, thick, heavy book, but it shows all number of weird and wonderful character toys made from anything from plastic to cloth. Really cool. You're thinking that's really weird, aren't you? I'm thinking I won't be rushing out to buy that one. <laughs> So another one, if you're into creating characters and character art, and that is any of the Pictoplasma books. And if you go and check, if you're not sure what Pictoplasma is, go and check the web website, you know, P-I-C-T-O-P-L-A-S-M-A. I hope I spelled that right. <laughs> um, but one of my favourites has got this pink padded cover. And inside, it's, it's basically, they call themselves a platform for contemporary character design. And inside the book... 
again, there's just completely weird, wacky, wonderful characters. Some really amazing ones, com- some completely obscure and bizarre things. And they're both in 2D form and also in the form of toys and collectibles. And it's the sort of thing that I look through for, you know, obviously, you know, I like sort of doodling characters. But it's the sort of thing you'd look through because you're thinking, oh, I'm really stuck in the way I'm drawing things. And then you'll go and mm. look at something and, oh, they do their eyes at the side of the head or... You know, they do weird shaped noses. It's just something like that that you could use for inspiration for your own work. Well, I have some books purely because I love the illustrations inside them. So they're nothing to do with um, tutorial books or not even be, they're not even meant to be inspiring to artists, but I just love them. And um, the first one I'm going to mention, and we, when we did that book review, I'm sure I mentioned it there, didn't I? And it was called The Boy, yeah. The Mole, The Fox and The Horse. And it's by Charlie Mackesy. So this is a book about friendship and kindness. Um, but it's not only just full of the most beautiful words, which have been handwritten in the most exquisite handwriting as well. But the illustrations are just stunning. Unlike anything I've seen before, And he manages to capture the most touching scenes in so few lines. I just don't know how he does it. Um, I know he uses a dip pen and he really embraces these splodges and he'll sort of draw through them. But it's not so much of a story, but it's kind of like snippets of heartwarming conversation between a boy and his animal friends. And it's like he literally writes and draws straight from his heart. I love this book. Um, is this for kids do you think or is this is this meant for adults who love art i well i think it's it would be a a book probably for children but it's a very grown-up children's book if you like yeah it's something i am i love it i absolutely love it i think everyone should have it on their shelf but just that thing where you open it up and it's not even got just normal text in it it's literally like he's written in it himself with like a brush pen or something it's just really lovely but um he draws in this really simple way but somehow he manages to capture the body language and the feelings and emotions in an animal or a boy in such a simplistic way and i you know just look i just love looking at it it's really really lovely book really nice so definitely i would recommend that make a lovely gift to anyone who loves um illustrations for christmas 2022 uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and something totally different i have and again purely because i absolutely love the illustrations is called wine speak by ronald searle have you ever heard of him i've heard of ronald searle and i actually when i saw this on your list i googled it to see what it was i love it absolutely love his illustrations it's it's a really fun book and i think he's got an, in fact i i know he has because i've got it um and it's called i think it's called in inside the wine cellar or something like that it's got another one and it's basically full of color illustrations involving people who are obviously completely bladdered um trolled drunk whatever you call it wherever you live <laughs> But, you know, every illustration involves far too much wine and a quirky one-liner alongside. And it's one of those books that just anyone would enjoy looking through, whether you're an artist or not. That's definitely one for the shelf. You know, I saw that and I thought it was actually going to be a proper book about 
learning about wine with no <laughs> no i don't know this is the thing i don't really know what it is it's um it, it's a coffee table book it is a coffee table book i suppose yeah it is but i love the way he sketches people i love it yeah absolutely love it well i've got a kids book uh and this again is purely for illustrations and i talked about this i think in one of our youtube videos and that's charlie and lola we can honestly look after your dog um I don't know if there's much I can say about this apart from I bought it purely because I like the illustrations and the artist combines what looks like cut up textures for the clothes with flat colour and line work and I think it's the cut up textures that really attracted me to it because it just gives it a sort of quirk and makes it stand out I think because there's that mixture the mixture of the flat and the texture Mm. that sounds lovely um Another book we recently interviewed the author um, who just happens to live quite near me, actually, and that is Travels With My Sketchbook by Chris Riddell. He was fantastic on the interview, wasn't he? he was so love inspiring. the interview. Absolutely yeah. loved talking to him. And I love this particular book because it's a peek into his life over the two years that he was Children's Laureate. And it's kind of like a journal full of the illustrations that he made on his travels um, snippets of what went on, places, political cartoons, written thoughts and ideas. And, you know, he really does have a giggle at his own expense throughout the whole book. And it's it's great fun. It's a lot of fun. And I love his sketching style. I really do. So we're going to go off track a little bit. Not off track, but we're going to talk about some more unusual books. Um, and mine is Thinker Toys. A Handful of Creative Thinking Techniques by Michael Michalko. Now, I well, I still am, but I used to be completely fascinated by learning different ways to come up with creative ideas. Because when you get stuck, you just, you really get stuck and you can't break yourself out of it. So these books give you different ways of thinking. And they're really useful for, they're quite methodical as well. So for example, I was looking through it and I realised that some of the things I do with my art follow very much a technique that he calls scamper. Now, scamper stands for substitute, combine, adapt, modify, magnify, put to another use, eliminate or minify and rearrange. So, How do you remember all that? <laughs> I wrote it down. So, 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 for example, if you like to draw quirky animals... You could look at the first letter of that, scamper, which is substitute, and you could think, oh, um, okay, I could substitute the animal's legs for springs. Ah. And then you could look at the next letter of scamper, which is combine. So you think, oh, I could combine two animals together. So you might get ideas that you might not have otherwise thought of. But scamper is only one of the techniques in there. There's, There's lots of different ones. You could use faces, you know, like yeah. you, you could think if I'm going to do an abstract face, what yeah. could I, let's have a look at one of the other ones. What could I rearrange? So you could rearrange yeah. that. Yeah. You could use vegetables instead of various body parts and like maybe yeah. a carrot for a nose. Yeah. that'd be. <laughs> well, I want to mention an unusual book that my mum picked up for me at a boot fair. I think it was. No, it wasn't. It was a Christmas fair, I think. Um, And it would be really, really worthwhile looking out for a second-hand copy because I don't know 
well basically i know it is still in print but it is about 50 pounds i think wow. it's only a small book i think it's because it's it's a really unusual book and it's called neighbors by lucy dawson it isn't the australian tv show is it it's no not like the, not like the annual <laughs> No, no, no. So, like I say, my mum picked it up for me. Um, and what makes it really special is that inside the front cover, because obviously it was a second-hand copy she picked me up, somebody had handwritten in the most gorgeous sort of handwriting. Um, they'd written, Joan Hassan from John Smith, September 1945. So, under that, in completely different handwriting, somebody else had written, this was Joan's book, To Hannah With Love From Auntie Ray. And then under that, my mum has written, December 2008, to Sandra, I picked this up at a school Christmas fair for 10p. I think you may enjoy it, mum, with a kiss <laughs> on the end. <laughs> she really spends a lot on you, doesn't she? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I'm sure, I mean, she, I don't know if she realises what a bargain that was, because like I say, they're £15 now on, you know, on Amazon. Yeah. And um, it's just brilliant because... The book is by a woman who lived in the country during the war and is literally just pages and pages of sketches that she drew of all of the dogs in the neighbourhood that she saw as her friends. Um, it's not a great deal of writing in it at all. In fact, there's hardly any apart from the dogs' names and maybe a bit about their characters, but the sketches are absolutely gorgeous. So I think that has to be the favourite book on my shelf mainly as well because of what's inside the front cover it makes it really special yeah so you it, wouldn't get that in another one would you that's trouble no it's always a good idea to look out for little gems like this at boot fairs because some of the best books are the ones that are hard to get hold of now or you're just out of print so yeah yeah so shall we go on to our previous question and, and do some of the answers um yeah. we've got well what we said was what is your favorite art material and why Yes, because um, our last episode was actually on that subject, wasn't it? On our favourite art materials. So, yeah, yeah we want to know what yours are. So, I um, I have got Christina McWilliams. She says, I love oil paints because they stay wet and I can push the paint around for longer. Also, if I make a mistake, I just paint right over it. Stress-free. Doesn't sound stress-free to me. <laughs> so, I've got Maggie Hart and she says, I love pencil. So simple, so accessible. I've got Evelyn Oldroyd, oil paints, because I love mixing colour and the gorgeous texture of oils and the many ways one can apply it and the smell of linseed oil. Oh, and I could go on. I'll tell you what, I cannot bear the smell of linseed oil. I couldn't, I don't use, I don't use um, linseed oil because I hate the smell of it. (laughs) Each to their own. There's some people that like the smell of petrol and um, permanent pens as well, isn't there? Yeah, permanent pens I thought smelled quite nice. Ugh, yeah. I don't like him at all. They get high on that, though. I can't smell Oh, those. no, it's not good. Right. <laughs> I've got Margaret Gray, and she says, Right now I love ink because I've spent a lot of time with it recently, and I find there are many ways to use it as well as the challenges to use it in. Um, she's done some amazing ink drawings, hasn't she? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, you've given me another oil one. All oh, the oil ones. Oh, uh, yeah. Wendy Parking, oils <laughs> again. I love the slidiness and the smell. Not sure if there's such a word as slidiness. <laughs> Well, I, I'm I'm with you on that. I love the slidiness as well, but I hate the smell. Even though I'm an oil painter, I don't use um, the smelly ones. <laughs> I've got Kiss to Cook, and she says Sharpies. I'm not a fine artist, obviously. I like a Sharpie too. <laughs> yeah. 
Nothing wrong with a Sharpie. Adrian Sutherland, tricky one, but I think maybe colour pencils. They can be everything from dusty delicate to stormy strong to single smooth colours or layers with texture. They also only go where you put them, but they aren't very forgiving if you make a mistake. Definitely my favourite, except for when I want to get messy, then acrylics rule. I love the way Adrian writes, it's really good. Mm. I've got Jodie Croft. And she says, pencil, 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 a 2B to be precise. Paper is lovely. <laughs> paper is lovely too. Aha. I like paper too. <laughs> Do you know Catherine? what? I was um, slightly sidetracked, but I um, was putting stuff on my uh, wish list on Amazon. And I thought, oh, I really love these sketchbooks, which I think I'd mentioned uh, in a previous one. I thought, oh, yeah, I could really do with another one of those. So I was about... About to put it on top. Well, which size to put on? I look in my cupboard. I've got two blank ones in my cupboard. Isn't that Oh, bad? wow. I'm hoarding. <laughs> That's like when you find £20 in the washing machine, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> okay, so I've got Catherine C. Slater. I thought to start with that I couldn't decide. Then I realised that most of my art materials I've had for years and dig out now and again. But acrylics, I'm constantly buying and replacing. I can use them like watercolours or thick. I can print and stamp with them, use as a base for oil pastels, and I can even use them with fabric painting medium to colour fabric. They are versatile like that. They're acrylics. very versatile, yeah. I know yeah. you don't like them. Um, I've got Gabriella Pop, and she says watercolours. They are easy to take everywhere. The colours are bright and easy to mix. In combination with a fountain pen, using water-resistant ink, it's for me. It's a perfect material for sketching. Do you know, she's been doing these amazing... Have you seen the urban sketching yes, she's been doing? I the have. ones she's been doing from Google, so they're like virtual urban sketching. Oh, fantastic. Love those, yeah. Gabriella, if you listen. And great way of urban sketching while we're not allowed out as well. Yeah. So. Oh, we did a video on that as well, if you want to check that out on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, we've got Miranda Hooley Roberts. Silk paints have been my medium for years. Now, I haven't heard of silk paints. Have you? Silk no, but paints. I assume you paint on silk with them. <coughs> She says, I love the vibrancy of the colours and the fluidity of the ink-like paints. Now I live aboard a boat full-time, so my iPad and Procreate are my materials. Oh, how fun, living on a boat. Well, you say that, but it'd be quite cold in this country. I know Lisa, my friend who lives on the boat, is quite chilly at the moment, I think. Oh, yeah, I bet, yeah. yeah. Right, I've got Dorothy Sinise. Watercolour and pens are my favourite, sometimes a 2B pencil. So I've got Francesca Ferraro, watercolour and fountain pens from extra fine to bold to suit the expression and subject matter. I'm an urban sketcher and I appreciate the compact ability these materials offer while out and about. So we've got a brand new question for you, which is what is your favourite art book and why? So what is your favourite art book and why? And you can let us know your answers in the Facebook group, which if you haven't joined, I suggest you do. I will also put the question up there and on the Facebook page and, of course, on our Instagram page, which is Kick in the Creatives. Yeah, we hope that gave you the kick in the creatives you needed. And don't forget to pop over to our website at kickinthecreatives.com to find out how you can take part in some of our upcoming creative challenges. And of course, there you can also subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd be really grateful if you would share it or leave us a little review on iTunes. Just a five star will do if you don't have much time. <laughs> 
Also, don't forget to check out and subscribe to our Kicking the Creative YouTube channel where we put up art tip videos. And don't forget if you enjoy what we do and you would like to help support Kicking the Creatives, you can now support us by buying us a coffee and you can find the link to that on our website. So that's it. We will see you in a couple of weeks. Oh yeah, and Happy New Year. Did we say Happy New Year? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy let's, New Year. Let's keep our fingers crossed that this is far better than this one has been. <laughs> see ya. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes. actually she bought me this book oh I don't know if I should say it no I won't say it well I will say it was a book in- <laughs> <laughs> it was a book about well inspired by Banksy yeah and it's a book that um you would keep in the toilet really oh, and right. um the first letter is swapped with another letter let's put it like that right and uh, yeah that's quite a fun <laughs> oh okay <laughs> that means nothing to me thank you for that <laughs> okay <laughs> Okay. Let me move yeah, on you to have my next th- one. You have a think about that one. Okay. <laughs> I'll just another one.